Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. My name is Brian Dinavellis. I had a chance to watch Rutgers in person on Sunday against Fairfield. It was an open exhibition at Jersey Mike's Arena. Steve Peichel and his former assistant, Jay Young, getting together for a great cause. All of the net proceeds from this game went to Team LeGrand, Eric LeGrand and the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. So that's first and foremost. Two old friends, one head coach, one former assistant, now a head coach at Fairfield in his own right, getting together for a great cause. Two of the best men, the nicest people you will find in college basketball, Steve Peichel and Jay Young. The game itself was competitive. And look, I was impressed with Jay Young's squad. They could most certainly be a top four team in the MAC, especially after what happened at Manhattan with the firing, of course, of Steve Massiello last week. No one saw that coming. And the exodus of players, including the preseason MAC player of the year and Jose Perez. Boy, oh boy, Manhattan goes from, you know, challenging Iona for the top position in the MAC to who knows? Who knows? I mean, can they even make the top six at this point? Perez has since transferred to West Virginia, and that program is just basically starting over again. What a mess that has become. But it's opened the door for a team like Fairfield. They are big. They are athletic for a MAC team, okay? The big name there you have to remember is Supreme Cook. 6'9", played his high school ball at the Petty School out of East Orange, and he's still recovering from a knee injury, but he is their best player. And when he's healthy, he is one of the best players in the MAC. They have another 6'9 banger who's good in his own right, Makai Willis. And I saw him against Cliff Amore, okay? Forget that it's an exhibition. These guys are out there competing. And Willis more than held his own. He challenged Cliff in the low post, finished with 12 points and six rebounds off the bench. So look, that is a good-sized front line. Is it Michigan? Is it Purdue? No. But this was a good test leading into the regular season for Steve Peichel's crew. I like this Fairfield team. Jay Young has the stags trending up. They can shoot the three. They hit 41% beyond the arc against Rutgers, 11 for 27. I mean, they can hoist it. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the MAC, along with Quinnipiac. Keep an eye on the Stags this year. Iona, of course, is the favorite. They've won six out of the last 10 MAC tournament titles. But who beat them in the MAC quarterfinals last year? An eight seed upsetting the one. Ryder. Kevin Baggett has four starters returning from that Ryder team that made the tournament semifinals last year. Remember, the Bronx took them down. They can play. So those are the four teams to look out for. Iona, Fairfield, Ryder, Quinnipiac. It's traditionally a one-bid conference, but anything can happen in the MAC. Now, Good luck, of course, to Jay Young. 
But let's get on to Rutgers. The big story coming out of the preseason for this team is the health of Caleb McConnell. All that Steve Peichel would say in his post-game press conference after the Fairfield game was McConnell re-injured the knee that he had injured earlier in the preseason. He's trusting the doctors. He wouldn't say if he's going to be ready for the opener on Monday against Columbia. He said when he's cleared and the doctors tell him, then he'll play. If I had to take a guess, McConnell will be out at least the opener against Columbia. That means it's time for someone else to step up. You don't want to lose the reigning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year for more than a game or two. All right, you don't want to lose him for a few weeks because then it's going to take him another couple of weeks to get back into shape. Can they get away without him in the first few games? Sure, but let's just hope he's healthy. It doesn't appear to be a season-ending surgery. Time will tell. But who else is going to step up? Against Fairfield, it was Andre Hyatt. He started in place of McConnell, played very well, finished with 13 points and four rebounds. And he's a guy that I expect to take a leap this year. He's a guy that came in last year, was trying to figure out his place with Baker and with Harper, and he struggled with his shot. He was tentative. He's a guy that needs to be more aggressive. I saw a more aggressive player on Sunday against Fairfield. It's a minor sample, I know. But take the big sample last year. Hyatt shot just 27% from three. Took just 48 threes last year. He needs to be more in the 65 to 75 range in taking threes this year. If he can shoot 73s, make 33 to 35%, that is a good year for Andre Hyatt. I think those are realistic. So he's a player that can step up and needs to step up. But one player who really impressed me in the Fairfield game, Mawat Mag. Mawat Mag is ready to bust out. Okay? There's a guy who suffered through a number of injuries. I mean, countless injuries to his mouth, his teeth. I mean, man, this guy has suffered through a lot. But he is tough. He is quick. He looked very athletic against Fairfield. There's a guy that really stood out in that game along with Cliff Amori. He finished with 15 points, eight rebounds in 31 minutes of action. Steve Peichel's players have gotten better and better. He is a coach that gets the most out of his players. You talk about player development. Steve Peichel gets that. Mag is not afraid to shoot it. Somehow, Rutgers has to make up for the losses of Ron Harper and Geo Baker. Those two accounted for 28 points a game last year. Mag could be one of those sources. He's a guy that teams may not be scouting in the beginning of the year, but trust me, by the middle of the season, the Big Ten gauntlet of a season, they're going to be scouting Mawat Mag. 
Now, here's a player that really impressed a lot of the fans and a lot of the media members who were at this Fairfield game. Freshman Derek Simpson. Steve Peichel has made it clear. He's going to lean on his leaders. But boy, it's going to be hard to hold this kid back. He's 6'3". He's quick. He's wiry, but he's strong. He has a nice stroke. If you got a chance to see him last year at Lenape High School in South Jersey, he played against some of the best competition throughout New Jersey, including Linden, including Camden. He's a scorer. Okay, but that was high school. This is major Division One. We're talking Big Ten. Now, what did he show me? He showed me the ability to hit threes and explosiveness off the dribble drive. He hit two corner threes against Fairfield and didn't even hesitate. Swish. He also had a steal and a layup off, off a full court press. He finished with 12 points. He looked the part. And Derek Simpson is a guy who can play off the ball or when Mulcahy's out of the game, he can play the point. So I asked Peichel for his thoughts on Simpson after the game. And of course, he loves him, right? He recruited him. And like I just said, he made it clear. He's a freshman. He's going to bring him along slowly. He's going to have to earn his minutes. But he had some nice praise for Simpson. Derek um, keeps getting better and better, first and foremost. He gives us terrific athleticism. He plays with nice pace, poise. But but I like our young guys. I like their talent. But it's you know it's a veteran team, and it's going to be about Paul, and it's going to be about Cliff and Caleb and Cam Spencer and Mowat, Andre. You know the veterans, um, very important to your program, especially early here, and while the young guys are learning. Michael didn't mince his words there. Okay, he's making it clear this is a process. You're a freshman. You're going to be eased along. He's going to rely heavily on his veterans, his upperclassmen. But look. Derek Simpson, mark my words, he is going to help this team this year. I see tremendous upside. Michael and his staff know how to develop players. Look out for Derek Simpson. And that brings us to really the meat and potatoes of the Rutgers basketball team for 2022 2023 the one player who is the star of this team cliff amori right i mean he is a beast he worked all summer long in las vegas working out at a big man camp with some of the best big men college basketball players in the country there were some nba players who who got involved in there as well I really liked what I saw. If you've watched Cliff Amori over his two years at Rutgers, you've seen a player who's gone from raw athletic ability, right? That this mold, this, this player full of potential, full of potential into last year. Wow. We're starting to see the makings of a dominant big man in college basketball to this year 
I mean, he's got a drop step. He's got low post moves where he can face up. He can put it, put the ball on the floor, back you down, up and under. He can step outside and hit that mid-range 16, 17-footer. And yes, he even took a three in this game and made it. We will see how he fares against the likes of Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady. But I have a feeling Cliff Amore is more than going to hold his own against those guys. He may even dominate them at times. Now, I had a chance to speak with Cliff about his summer in Las Vegas. Here's what he had to say. I was doing like two eight days sometimes in the summer. Like there was the summer I went to Vegas. I wake up in the morning at five, work out at five. Uh, rest till like uh, 11, then 12 o'clock we got a, like a pick uh, scrimmage. From there at 3 we got uh, weightlifting, then 5.30 we got a uh, workout too. So, so you're putting in 12, 14 hour days? Yeah, how we doing that. And like when I got back to school preseason, I was, I, before we have like an individual workout, I go in the morning at like 6, and we leave then individual workout again too. So I was just like working all summer. I learned a lot of stuff, like just, just going against NBA, the way they run their pace and the way they take their time when they do stuff, the pace of the game, they fast too. During the scrimmage, it was going up and down like 24 so, uh, seconds, short, uh, short clock it was fast, so we was going fast. It was just nice playing with them. So if Cliff Amori, a junior, had to go up against Cliff Amori, the freshman, what would happen? The junior would kill Cliff for the freshman. Like, with the stuff, like, the, uh, I know now, compared to my freshman, I would dominate my freshman year. I would kill my freshman year, like, with the stuff I know now. Like, my freshman year, I was, like, in a little hurry. But my junior year, I could take my time, like, use my advantage, my confidence, and use this, my experience to go against my freshman year. Look, there is no comparison, okay? Cliff Amori might be the most improved player in the country over the last two years. He's certainly in the discussion. Compare freshman year Cliff to junior year Cliff. Oh my gosh, you heard him. I mean, he would destroy freshman Cliff. He's only going to get better and better. Wait until you see the offensive game that Cliff has this year. All that work in the summer has paid off. And over the long haul, look out Big Ten, uh, look out the rest of the country. And look, don't take my word for it, okay? Read the articles. He's first team, preseason, all Big Ten. He's on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list as one of the best centers in the country. Jay Young had a front row seat for Fairfield at this game. And here's what he had to say about Cliff following the scrimmage. Yeah, it's impossible uh, to defend Cliff. He's, uh, if, he, if he gets, you know, uh, Steve and his staff have done an unbelievable job with his development. Um, I saw him the first year when he was kind of backing up Miles and to what he is now, uh, great credit to what they've done with Cliff because uh, he's expanded his game. He made a three today. If he's making, he's you got no shot at defending him if he's doing that. But he gets anywhere around three feet in the basket, gets the right hand. You, you just can't defend him. 
I said he's the quickest guy I believe in the country from the floor to the rim. A lot of guys jump high, but it's the explosion and the velocity that he gets off the floor with us. So, uh, I mean, an unbelievable. He, I saw him get obviously get better his sophomore year, and then you know, last year he was tremendous. But he just keeps keeps getting better and better and better. That is high praise from Jay Young. Okay, another player who had high praise from Young, and who keeps getting better and better is Paul Mulcahy. All this kid has done is win since he's come to Rutgers. Last year was really his breakout year as a junior. He finished second in the Big Ten in assists. He is without question one of the top returning point guards in the conference this season. I think he's the best returning point guard in the conference this season. I'm going to give you a comparison and hear me out. Paul Mulcahy is a poor man's Jason Kidd. Now, he doesn't have that explosiveness, that speed that Jason Kidd had, okay? Few players were ever as fast with the basketball as Jason Kidd. But what was Jason Kidd known for? Being a leader, making others around him better, being a winner? Paul Mulcahy, check, check, check. Jason Kidd also could fill the stat sheet with points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Paul Mulcahy, check, 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 and check. That's where the comparison is. Now, Jason Kidd wasn't the greatest scorer in the world, but he could score. Paul Mulcahy, I still think scoring is his weakness, but tell that to Northwestern, okay? when he dropped 31 against them last year. So he can score when he needs to. And that's the greatness of Mulcahy. He does whatever the team needs him to do to win. He's a winner. And like Jason Kidd, he does a little bit of everything. He is an excellent rebounder. I already told you he's a great passer. He's an elite passer who distributes the ball and is a pass-first point guard. That's why he reminds me of Jason Kidd. Against Fairfield, he had seven points, six rebounds, and 10 assists. He can average six to seven assists a game this year. Book it. Now, I had a chance to speak to Paul recently about his senior season, can we expect him to take on more of a scoring role with this team? Here's what Paul had to say. Well, my whole MO since I've been here is do what the team needs. Um, my sophomore, my freshman year, I, I, I was a backup. I wasn't ready for the Big Ten. Um, my sophomore year, I was more ready, um, but we needed guys to space the floor and, and to do the little things. That's what the team needed, and that's the role that I did. And uh, Last year, it was just kind of get guys involved. Um, and this year, it's, it's just do whatever we need to win. And uh, I'm very confident in my abilities. And uh, I have a lot that people haven't seen. And I'm excited about that. So could you talk about what we might see from you this year that yeah, is mean, different? I've shown spurts of it in the past. But I could, I could score at a high level. I could shoot the ball. Um, in the past, I think I've been too unselfish, which has been a little selfish on my part. But 
me just looking to attack and, and being able to guard one to five, honestly, um, six, seven point guard. So I could do a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited about that. So when you look around the team, uh, what do you see that really gets you excited? Um, I see a team that loves basketball. Uh, we've got guys that work their tails off. Like guys are in the gym more than ever since I've been here early in the morning 6 a.m. or late at night 11 p.m. and guys are in the gym and I think that's gonna help us more than anything this year. We have guys that love basketball, love to compete um, and just love each other like so I think that's just gonna help us a ton. It's a typical Steve Peichel team. They're gritty, together, hard-nosed, tough, Jersey, New York kids. They do whatever it takes to win. Yes, they have a star in Cliff Amori on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list. Yes, they have a defensive stopper in Caleb McConnell, who was also named to the Julius Irving watch list as one of the nation's top small forwards. Development. Rutgers players develop. Where will they finish? That's the million-dollar question. When you break down the Big Ten, everyone is picking Indiana. Indiana, Michigan, those are the two teams at the top in the Big Ten. Then you can throw any number of teams around. I think Indiana and Michigan are at the top. I like Purdue. Personally, I would put Purdue number three. Throw Illinois in there. Michigan State, then after that top five, I think here's where Rutgers starts to fall into place. Maybe they're a little bit below or right there with Ohio State. I think Rutgers will finish somewhere at the max six, at the low end nine. So lump them in there with Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, because then after that, you're talking teams like Maryland, Penn State, Minnesota, Northwestern, and of course, Nebraska. So will Rutgers finish in the top four again this year? I'm going to say no, as high as six, as low as eight. So I'm saying top eight this year. Where will the pieces fall into place? We know what Mulcahy can do. We know what Omori can do. We know what McConnell can do when healthy. Those are the unquestioned leaders, the returning nucleus of this team. How do the other players fit in, develop, and contribute? Guys like Mag, Hyatt. What can we get out of Cam Spencer this year? One of the Top three-point shooters in the country last year at Loyola of Maryland. Can his game translate into the Big Ten with bigger, more athletic, and physical guards? Will he be able to still shoot it at a high rate? That is a question that can't be determined yet. I think he struggled with his shot against Fairfield. I think... Maybe nerves were there playing in front of, you know, a crowd of 2,000 people. He's going to be needed this year because 
Rutgers three-point shooting. We know they're not a great three-point shooting team. Can they shoot the three? Sure, but that's not one of the strengths. Now, one of the strengths that I saw is going to be free throw shooting because in this scrimmage, they shot the ball very well. 74%, that's an improvement on last year's 70% where they were one of the worst teams in the Big Ten in free throw shooting. That has to improve. If they can shoot more like 72, 74% this year, that's more of in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. I think you're going to see an improved team when it comes to free throw shooting. Rutgers is going to be a fun team once again. But I'm telling you, this team cannot afford to get off to a slow start this year. They cannot afford to go three and three. They cannot afford to go five and five in their first 10 games. It's realistic to think that this team should be no worse than five and one heading into their game on November 30th against Miami, if not six and all. Five of the first six games were at Jersey Mike's Arena. The only one that's not is a neutral site game in Connecticut against Temple. But they should be 5-1, and 6-0, and oh, heading into that game against Miami where they will be underdogs. Because then after that, it's back-to-back Big Ten games at home against Indiana and at Ohio State. We're likely... Rutgers will be underdogs in both of those games. Although a slight underdog at home, I think, against Indiana. All right, but that is going to be some atmosphere. And we know Rutgers does not fear Indiana. Rutgers owns Indiana over the last four years. So they will not fear the Hoosiers whatsoever. So what does it all mean for Rutgers? Will they get to the big dance for the third straight year, will they make three straight NCAA tournaments? I know it would have been four had COVID not hit. But will they make the NCAA tournament for the third straight year for the first time in their program history? I'm going to say yes. The Big Ten is down across the board. And last year, they had an unbelievable regular season all right it was it was brutal and Rutgers finished in the top four if they can finish in the top eight this year they will make the NCAA tournament anything less than that nine ten likely not here's my prediction 19 and 12 overall 10 and 10 in the Big Ten. Now, if you're talking 20 and 11 and 11 and 9, that is an automatic NCAA bid. I'm going with 19 and 12, 10 and 10 overall, 9 and 2 in the non conference, and it's going to put them right there on the bubble again. But come selection Sunday, Rutgers will do enough to get into the NCAA tournament. That's your Rutgers preview. I'm looking forward to the first game against Columbia next Monday. 
It's going to be exciting. Jersey Mike's Arena is once again going to be one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball. Another game to circle next week is Sacred Heart coming to Jersey Mike's Arena. Anthony Latina, a South Catholic alum in Hartford, Connecticut, like myself, a very good and close friend of Steve Peichel, two close friends going head to head, just like Jay Young and Steve Peichel. It'll be Sacred Heart and Rutgers on Thursday, November 10th, following that home opener against Columbia. So interesting first week for Rutgers. Can't wait for it all to tip off. Thank you once again for listening to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast, everyone. But before you go, I just want to say thank you for listening. Go on Apple. Go on Spotify. Give us a rating. Share the link. Spread the word. And tell your friends about the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. It's going to be a great college basketball season. I'll be here all season long with guests and analysis just like we have for the last two seasons. So long, everybody. Until next time, my name is Brian DiNovellis. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>